A reading from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10, which can be found in your Pew Bibles on page 1047. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. Is it good to be in church? Is it good to be in church? Yep. Good to be reminded God is so big. I love coming to church and being reminded about something like that. And hopefully we'll see how big he is as we look today at the story of Zacchaeus. Tell me uh, if you can recognise any of these characters and tell me if you can work out what do they have in common. Hearing a few rumblings going on there. This is a closed book exam, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to work it out. They're all tax collectors. <laughs> no, I think I did hear the correct answer. They're, they're former treasurers of Australia. Politicians are not always the... Uh, the most popular people in the world, uh, but especially treasurers. Uh, they've got a hard job, haven't they? Because they've got to make the books balance. They've got to think of the overall economy, the overall picture, while everybody is clamouring for their slice of the pie. And so it's their job to say no, which is, uh, doesn't make them particularly popular. Well, Zacchaeus was a tax collector uh, tax collecting in the first century Palestine was quite different, of course, to uh, what we experience in 21st century Australia. However, nobody likes tax collectors in any society, do they? And in first century Palestine, Jewish tax collectors were especially despised for two reasons. Firstly, they collected taxes for the Roman occupying power. So this was the enemy who had invaded the country. They'd taken over. And so these were Jews who were collaborators. So they were despised. Secondly, tax collectors could set their own fee however they wished. And they had the backing of the brute force of Rome to enforce it. And so they tended to be wealthy. So they were both traders and they were greedy. There are two other pieces of information here in these opening verses which 
point to Zacchaeus being particularly uh, greedy and wealthy. Uh, Zacchaeus is described in verse 2 there as a chief tax collector, which probably means he wasn't just sitting in a toll booth collecting copper coins from people on their travels. Uh, He was probably dealing with the top end of town, where percentages given in tax would have been much more lucrative. Next note that the incident took place in Jericho. Jericho was a town near Jerusalem uh, on the trading route to the east. It was a very wealthy town. Being a chief tax collector in a place like Jericho uh, meant it was particularly lucrative. You could say Zacchaeus had made it. He'd obviously worked his way up the system and was now very powerful and very wealthy, but not particularly popular. Now, from a rational point of view, uh, the chances of Zacchaeus being converted would seem to be very, very slim. Powerful, wealthy people don't easily admit that they need God to save them because they've worked it out, haven't they? They've saved themselves. Those early disciples must have thought the last person who would join them would be Zacchaeus. It may be in the same way that we would think today of someone like Philip Adams or Richard Dawkins becoming a Christian. It just seems so remote. Uh, Could it possibly happen? Yet despite his power and his wealth, Zacchaeus seeks after Jesus. You see, Zacchaeus was inquisitive. And sometimes that's all it takes. Just that little bit of inquisitiveness, uh, willing to explore something new, to look outside the current box and uh, see that God might actually have something to say. Zacchaeus climbs a sycamore tree. That's a pretty undignified thing for a tax collector, a chief tax collector to do, isn't it? But he was short, so he couldn't see over the crowd. Why didn't he just stand in the front row? You know, they could have seen over him. Remember, though, he wasn't very popular. (laughs) The crowd hated him. He was a traitor and a thief. He didn't want to mix with the crowd. In a tree, he was above the crowd. Zacchaeus was used to people looking down on him. When he's in the tree, he can look down on them. And you can hide in a tree as well. But Jesus doesn't allow him to hide. Jesus spots him in the tree, goes over to him and addresses him. Not only does Jesus talk to him, but Jesus invites himself around for dinner. Do you notice that? He says, I must stay at your house today, Zacchaeus. He doesn't say, may I stay at your house? That would have been more polite, wouldn't it? May I stay at your house today? No, he says, I must stay. It's in the imperative. You see, Jesus is about his divine mission, as he says in verse 10, to seek and to save the lost. And so Jesus has this commanding presence. And when he spoke, people listened. And uh, even if it was overwhelming, uh, Zacchaeus listened. And I think he heard God speaking to him through Jesus' words that day. In fact, God was speaking to him. And so he invites Jesus around. And we're told there in verse 6 that he accepts Jesus' request gladly. He hurried down from the tree at once and welcomed him gladly. The Greek word here translated elsewhere in the New Testament is the word rejoice. It is with joy that Zacchaeus welcomes Jesus into his home. Sadly, the crowd don't share Zacchaeus's joy and enthusiasm. We're told they grumbled. He's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. They, that was their words. 
You see, these people would have been scraping around to feed their families and put clothes on their backs uh, because the way they'd been extorted. And in the meantime, they would have seen Zacchaeus's clothes becoming finer and his food richer at their expense. He was probably importing these lavish ornaments uh, from all around the Roman Empire to uh, furnish his home, all at their expense. Everybody knew that it was their money that would have been funding his extravagant lifestyle. So no wonder they grumbled. How could Jesus mix with someone like that? Unfortunately, we don't get any details on what happened inside the house. Uh, But we do get some detail about the change in Zacchaeus after Jesus had been to his house. And so in verse 8, half of his goods, he says, he will give to the poor. Anyone he has defrauded, he will pay back four times as much. And of course, this is what the Bible calls repentance. And it's a sign of salvation. It's an indication that a person has really understood who Jesus is and wants to embrace Jesus and follow Jesus. Zacchaeus had thought that his wealth and power could save him. But he now realises how ridiculous such a proposition is. And so he's prepared to renounce all those things and turn to the only one who can truly save him. And so Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. As Zacchaeus turns to Jesus. It's an interesting way to put it, isn't it? Today, salvation has come to this house. It's not in the future tense. It's today. What does salvation look like? Well, sometimes it's future. Jesus has lots of teaching about uh, future salvation and how to avoid going to hell and make sure you get to heaven. It's a lot about uh, in Jesus' teaching about that. But salvation is also about this life. It's about repentance in this life that leads to a new lifestyle. You might call it a salvation lifestyle. Jesus never talks about salvation as a ticket to heaven. You've got your ticket and then just get on with everything you were doing in in the past anyway. No, salvation's about a radical new outlook on the world which changes our lifestyle. So in this passage, it's described in terms of being lost and found. So if you look at verse 10 there, Jesus says, The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So this idea of people are lost and then they can be found. It's an idea introduced to us already in Luke back in chapter 15. Uh, and these, this is, these stories are exclusive to Luke. In chapter 15, you might recall the stories of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son. And in each of those stories, but particularly that last story, uh, what is lost is not always so obvious. Remember the story of the prodigal son? The, the prodigal son was obviously lost in his prodigal living, but what about the older son? The point of the parable is that he was lost as well, and what, but it wasn't so obvious. Zacchaeus, uh, he wasn't obviously living a degrading lifestyle. He wasn't obviously lost. Uh, he had a stellar career earning heaps of money with plenty of power and influence. To all outward appearances, he was found. But Jesus saw him as lost. And so he seeks him out. And Jesus touches his heart 
And then what was lost is now found. Uh, if you look closely at those three lost and found stories in chapter 15, you'll see the chief uh, characteristic when the item or the person is found is joy. Joy. The shepherd rejoices when he finds the lost sheep. The woman rejoices when she finds her lost coin. And the father throws his arms around the lost son and kisses him. doesn't say the word joy there, but uh, it sounds like he was pretty happy to see him. Now, Zacchaeus is a little different. He isn't the one searching and finding. He is actually the one found. But being found brings great joy as well. And so in verse 6, it says, He welcomed Jesus with rejoicing, with rejoicing. I'm sure there was also great rejoicing in heaven. Remember Luke 15? There'll be great rejoicing over one sinner who repents. The angels rejoice. And I imagine there was great joy in that household as he repented. I'm sure he, Zacchaeus would have become a kinder husband and father. There would have been joy in the streets. Although the people grumbled when Jesus went into Zacchaeus's house, I suspect in the weeks following, they might have changed their attitude a little, especially those who had been cheated. Wow, I got four times back as much. <laughs> That'd put a smile on your face, wouldn't it? Or the ongoing relationship with Zacchaeus. He charges me the fair tax now and, and I'm treated with respect. That would have put a smile on their faces. Or imagine the distribution of half his wealth to the poor. What a social transformation that would have brought. See, it made a difference. Salvation is about changed behaviour now and the blessings it brings now. I've read reports that uh, the revival that took place in Australia back in 1959, which you all know, some of you would even remember, the Billy Graham Crusades. And a lot of people at that time repented and believed. A lot of people put their faith in Jesus. And the reports I've read uh, say that the crime rate uh, dropped over the next few years. There's noticeable in the figures. You see, truth-saving faith changes behaviour. It includes repentance. Think of it in these terms of joy. Previously, Zacchaeus had thought that power and money would bring him joy. But he now realises how hollow that is and how he needs to turn to Jesus to find that joy. Such extravagant salvation produces great joy and allows him then to let go of his money, to share it around, to... Uh, be generous in an extravagant way. And my friends, this is the heart of repentance. Some people think it's uh, just about being sorry and trying to do better. And, uh, of course, that's one little part of it, but it's not the heart of it. The heart of biblical repentance is realising that you can't save yourself, whether it be through power or money or your talents or your great work ethic or your good deeds or whatever you think is going to give you the good life or the happy life. It's not about any of those things. It's about renouncing all of them and realising that your ultimate happiness can only be found in Jesus Christ. And that's liberating because then you can sit loosely with all those other things and they find their proper place. 
Zacchaeus can give away such large percentages of his wealth because he has experienced this radical inner change of heart, which means he now finds his chief joy in Jesus. Why are some people reluctant to give in the extravagant way that Zacchaeus did? Well, maybe they haven't experienced enough of the joy of the gospel, experienced the depth of God's forgiveness, sacrificially won for us when Jesus went to the cross, or experienced the intimacy of being adopted as sons and daughters of the living God, or experienced the power of the Holy Spirit taking you beyond your comfort zone and out there to love God and love others in his mission. Do you know that gospel joy, my friends? It's when Jesus is at the centre, when he's acknowledged as Lord and doing what he tells us to do. That's the heart of repentance. And my friends, that's the heart of what happened in Zacchaeus' life when Jesus visited him in his house that day. Repentance. So my friends, we're coming now to the end of our series on hearing the call. And the call of Zacchaeus, I think, fits in well with the call as we've heard it throughout uh, Luke over these eight weeks. You might recall in week one, Jesus entered the home of a prominent Pharisee, a very respectable man in Jewish society, and he spoke into his heart about hospitality and humility. Here in week eight, Jesus enters the home of a tax collector, a very unrespectable man in Jewish society. And he speaks into his heart as well. Jesus did not care for title or reputation. He sought out lost people at every level of society. In week two, uh, we heard the parable of the great banquet where three people make excuses and turn down the invitation to the banquet. Well, Zacchaeus doesn't turn down Jesus' invitation, does he? He's inquisitive. And salvation comes to his house. In week three, uh, Jesus talked about the cost of following him, the need to take up one's cross. Well, Zacchaeus joyfully counts the cost, takes up the cross uh, and gives away all his fortune. Uh, That's repentance and that's the cross, that's following Jesus. In week four, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man languishes in Hades while Lazarus is in the bosom of Abraham. Well, Zacchaeus is a rich man, isn't he? Is he condemned like that rich man in Hades? No, he's a rich man who actually fitted through the eye of a needle. (laughs) It is possible. It has to be a miracle, (laughs) but it is possible. And did you notice in verse 9, Jesus declares Zacchaeus a son of Abraham. Here is a rich man who does belong to Abraham because of God's gracious work in his life. Uh, Then in week five, Jesus taught about the need to forgive whenever a brother or sister repents. When Jesus entered into Zacchaeus' house, I don't think that crowd were ready to forgive, were they? But God calls us to forgive. Jesus was ready to forgive. And God calls us to forgive even uh, when we've been wronged and the injustice against us. In week six, Jesus healed ten lepers. Well, Jesus was uh, sorry, Zacchaeus was treated like a leper, an outcast in his society. But Jesus heals Zacchaeus, heals the cause of uh, that isolation. Uh, he changed Zacchaeus's heart, and I think Zacchaeus's repentance is like that leper who came back to give thanks. 
the repentance is, uh, Lord, I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm so thankful. And uh, my life belongs to you. In week seven, in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, which we looked at last week, uh, had a tax collector in it, didn't it, that story? Uh, well, Zacchaeus is the tax collector who felt the mercy of God. He's the one who went home justified. In Jesus' visit uh, to his house, uh, he understood Jesus coming uh, even to him, showing him mercy, and so he responded with repentance and faith. So, my friends, are you hearing the call? It's a call to repentance and faith in Jesus. Zacchaeus heard the call of God and it turned his life upside down. Jesus said, today I must stay at your house. But then it becomes salvation this day has come to your house. Where Jesus is, salvation comes. The lost are found and there's great rejoicing. My message is simply repent and believe in Jesus. Amen.